This is Julie D. from NordoniaHills.News. The Cleveland Sports Show starts now. Hello everyone, happy Sunday here from the Cleveland Sports Show, giving you the best updates with Cleveland sports. Thank you for joining us uh, wherever you may be this weekend for our 57th or so episode of the Cleveland Sports Show. Let's get it started with your sports fact of the day. Today is October 27th, and on this day, only a few years ago in 2011, the Winnipeg Jets outlast the Philadelphia Flyers 9-8 at Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia. Hockey uh, historical fact, by the way, the Jets led 6-2 only to have the Flyers score five goals in succession um, in a span of eight minutes and 51 seconds during the second and third periods for a 7-6 edge. Uh, Winnipeg then pulls ahead again 8-7, but the Flyers tie the score on a goal by left wing James Van Reimsdyk with 3 minutes and 31 seconds remaining, and then left wing Andrew Ladd collects the game winner with just over 2 minutes to play, leading the Winnipeg Jets to outlast the Flyers 9-8, on the road on this day in 2011. So there's your hockey sports fact of the day in this week's episode of the Cleveland Sports Show. Let's also give you a little bit of an update on Nordonia Knights football. The season is coming to an end in these next few weeks. The Knights just concluded their final home game of the season at Bolian Stadium this past Friday, defeating the Cuyahoga Falls Black Tigers by a final score of 42-28. to The Tigers went up on their first possession 6-0, um, and then obviously converted their field goal to give them a 7-0 edge early on in the game. However, after that, it was a Nordonia onslaught. The Knights at the uh, would eventually go up by 21 at the half and then would pour it on, eventually winning the game by a final score of 42-28. to The Knights are now 4-5. and As I mentioned, they have concluded their home game schedule. Their final game will be this upcoming Friday at North Royalton to take on the Bears. Will the Knights be 5-5 five five to finish their season, or 4-6? We shall see against the tough North Royalton team who the Knights lost to two years ago, however defeated one year ago. We'll see all that action on Friday night. Let's change gears here, going into the MLS playoffs, which are very well underway. Our conference finals, those schedules are officially out. LAFC and Seattle, the top two teams of the Western Conference, will be um, beginning their series this upcoming Tuesday, the 29th, at 10 p.m. Eastern Time, and then Toronto, and then defending champs Atlanta United going um, in their series the next day, October 30th, at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. LAFC defeating LA Galaxy on a wild 5-3 win in that Los Angeles rivalry to get to the conference finals. Seattle defeated Real Salt Lake by a final score of 2 nothing to advance to the uh, conference finals. Toronto pulled off an upset against the first seed, NYCFC, 2-1, the final score in that game. And then Atlanta 
defeated third seed Philadelphia 2 to nothing to advance to that conference final spot to take on Toronto. As I mentioned, game one, the conference final between LAFC and Seattle this Tuesday at 10, Toronto-Atlanta, the Eastern Conference Final. The next day, Wednesday the 30th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Don't forget the final of the MLS Audi Cup 2019 playoffs is November 10th. That is a Sunday, uh, by the way, just to let you know. 3 p.m. Eastern Time. You can catch the game on ABC. And that concludes our MLS action. We should have the final of the MLS Cup scheduled for our next episode to inform you about. Here is another topic that you definitely need to be informed on. The 2019 World Series, which has been a crazy series to say the least. And last night, we just had our most recent drama in baseball. Take a listen. Shortstop has it, goes a short way to second to get the force, and that is the ball game. The Houston Astros have squared this World Series at two games apiece as they take game four in D.C. by a final of 8-1. to one. That's right, the Houston Astros tie up the series with the Washington Nationals. Absolutely crazy series to start off. In Houston, we were... Uh, in Houston for the first two games of the World Series. The Nationals winning both those games. They won 5-4 to four in Game 1. Very, very close game. Um, nip and tuck, so really not a huge surprise the Nationals were able to pull out in the end. But Game 2 was a major surprise. A 12-3 to three blowout in favor of the Nationals. Going into Game 3, Houston was down but not out. And they proved that in Washington, D.C., winning Game 3 4-1. to one. After three innings, the Astros were up 2 to nothing, and eventually would go up 4-1 to one after the sixth inning to win Game 3. And then, of course, last night, an even more convincing win by the Astros, an 8-1 to one victory for Houston as they tie up the series now against the Nationals. Game 5 of the World Series tonight at 8.07 p.m. is the first uh, pitch. The final home game for the Nationals will be tonight, obviously. Who will take that crucial 3-2 series lead? Game 6 will be on Tuesday, back in Houston to conclude the series. Nationals and Astros again at 8.07 is that first pitch. If necessary, we will have a Game 7 on Wednesday the 30th. 8.08 is that first pitch time. Back in Houston for Game 7, Nationals and Astros. But we can't look too far into the future. We will have to see who takes that crucial 3 to games to 2 series lead in D.C. after tonight. But for our next episode, we shall have um, a World Series champion on our hands to talk about. So don't miss out. It is just getting started here with the World Series and these this crucial next two games. Let's go to basketball, NBA talk here real quick. And I want to get started off with the Cleveland Cavaliers who 
just listen to this. I'm very, very happy to be listening to this as a Cavs fan. Sean Beeline, at the age of 66, coaches his first NBA victory as his Cavaliers knock off the Pacers by the final of 110-99. That's right, the Cavs defeat the Pacers in their opening game at home of the season. Final score of that game, 110-99. Cavs unfortunately opened up the season with a loss against the Magic in Orlando, but showed some promising signs. I talked about this with Ray Horner on our Center Court Morning Show this past Friday. Showed some positive signs, outscored the Magic 24-16 in the third quarter. However, a lot of Cavs players like Jordan Clarkson, Matthew Della Vadova, weren't as productive as they could have been. On Wednesday, Jordan Clarkson against the Magic in 18 minutes put up only 7 points. Del Vadova in that same amount of time, only 5 points. And Kevin Porter Jr., who was, you know, really a huge prospect in this draft um, this summer, 17 points and, or excuse me, 17 minutes, but no points. Very, very disappointing first game in terms of individual performances for the Cavs, but they bounced back in a big way yesterday. And last night, they outscored the Pacers 39-20 to in the second quarter after trailing by two in the first quarter. The Cavs then were outscored in both halves of the, or both quarters of the second half, but it didn't matter as they eventually won the game 110-99, to that final score. Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson combined for 46 points. Darius Garland and Colin Sexton combined for 30 points. Again, that's one backcourt that Coach Beeline has definitely given a lot of praise to and really thinks can work this season and for the future as well. And a lot of Cavs looked like the Cavs we know them to be. Kevin Love, 33 minutes, 21 points, 13 rebounds, 9 assists. Tristan Thompson has had a fantastic season so far, including the preseason. 25 points, all in 35 minutes to go along with 13 boards. Colin Sexton had a great night, 18 points in 30 minutes. 12 points in 29 minutes for Darius Garland. Jordan Clarkson was the Jordan Clarkson we know him to be. 18 minutes. Two rebounds and assists to go along with 15 points as well. Very, very pleased with this Cavs performance from last night. I can tell you someone who's also pleased with the Cavs performance from last night, and that is no other than head coach John Beeline. Let's take a listen to see what he had to uh, take on this game in his post-game interview last night. Oh, I'm thrilled for them, and, and uh, here we go. Uh, 80 more to go, and just take them one day at a time. So I really... I. Uh... I, there's some big plays down the stretch, uh, but keep, keep playing through Kevin and just Trif, Tristan's efforts and all those things were really important for us. And all the other guys who complimented them, just they, they gave us a really good game. Our bench was good. Um, it was a great win. For sure, a great win. The Cavs are now 1-1 one and one on the season, but their schedule, ladies and gentlemen, doesn't get a lot easier. Tomorrow... Monday night, they'll be in Milwaukee at Pfizer Forum to take on Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Bucks, who were the first seed last year and have a lot 
to prove. They did come off a loss to the Miami Heat last night in overtime, the Bucks did. So we'll see if the Cavaliers will be able to continue that Bucks losing streak or the will the Bucks have some loose ends to tie against the Cavs. After Monday night's game in Milwaukee, the Cavs will head back home to Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse in Cleveland to face Zach Levine, Kobe White, and the new and improved Chicago Bulls. After that game against the Bulls at home, the Cavs will then head to Indianapolis for a second game against the Pacers Friday at 7 p.m. That is the week's schedule for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Definitely a lot to play for in these next few weeks, especially with the beginning of the season underway. Lots for the Cavs to prove this week, especially Wednesday. They're going to be going up against a team with the same type of caliber of players as they do, same type of chemistry. We'll see what the Cavs will be able to pull out against Chicago. Hey, Browns fans, what, what day is it today? I know we didn't have this day last week. A lot of us were very sad. That's right, it's game day. Browns Patriots on, a, on an NFL Sunday for you. A little bit of a later um, kickoff today between the Browns and New England Patriots. 4.25 p.m. is when the game is set to begin. Of course, the Browns coming off a tough loss two weeks ago at home at First Energy Stadium against the Seattle Seahawks. We'll see if they'll be able to bounce back against the Patriots, who are 7-0, undefeated so far in this NFL season. However, there's one small fact about the Patriots. The Patriots haven't played great teams throughout the season. They just came off a win against the New York Jets, who, ladies and gentlemen, if you know NFL football, the New York Jets are not very good. Patriots haven't really had a huge challenge throughout this season, but the Browns probably will offer that best chance for the Patriots to have a challenge. You know, with Baker Mayfield, with Odell Beckham Jr., that's, you know, re that really can give the Patriots and Tom Brady a run for their money. Let's get an analysis from the NFL in this Week 8 matchup to see what their predictions are, even with the Browns' rest, how will they be able to fare out in this game. Let's take a listen to what the NFL has to say in this Week 8 matchup between the Cleveland Browns and New England Patriots. Well, the Patriots coming off a butt-kicking uh, that they handed to the New York Jets and their second-year quarterback, Sam Darnold. They're going to welcome uh, another second-year quarterback, Baker Mayfield, and the Cleveland Browns are going to go take on the Patriots. And this is a Browns team that's well-rested, Buck, and very much motivated to try and get things rolling here against the Patriots. They can be well-rested, but I don't know if they have the answers to the test when it comes to facing <laughs> with the New England Patriots defense. The New England Patriots have been lights out on defense. I mean, this is a team that individually and collectively, they're playing at a high level. You talk about that secondary, probably playing like the best secondary in football. And so when I look at the Browns, when I look at the weapons that they have, OBJ and Jarvis Landry, uh, they can definitely win their one-on-one -on -one battles. But you know that Bill Belichick is not going to allow those guys to be in one-on-one -on -one situations often. Who is going to be the other guy for the Browns to step up? I don't know if there is another guy. I got the Patriots all day in this one. 
Oh, yeah, look, I, I'm going to try and present the Browns' case here. I, I think that their defensive front matches up very well against the Patriots' offensive line. Particularly, I don't think they have anybody that can block Miles Garrett. I don't know anybody in the league has anybody that can block Miles Garrett, but he's got a chance to be a one-man wrecking crew uh, up front. Now you flip it over to the other side. Here's the key for the Browns. Sacks, okay. Picks, not okay. Okay, You can take some sacks. They're going to send that zero pressure. If you have to eat the ball, Baker Mayfield, eat the ball. If you can, hopefully throw it away, throw it away. But do not force interceptions, and that's how this Patriots defense really gets you and gets rolling. That's one thing. The second thing is, at least a couple times in this game, when they sell out to come after you, you've got to make them pay. And that, that is the thing that you've got to be able to do. And you've got the guys that can do it. Odell Beckham can make them pay. You want to go zero blitz, no middle field safety, hit him, let him break a tackle, he's gone. Jarvis Landry, you want to get him a quick hitter when they're sending bodies, he just got to break a tackle. He's great after the catch. He can make them pay. You've got to find a way a couple times in this football game to make the Patriots pay uh, for being so aggressive. Yeah, I mean, they can they can think about making them pay. They can prep and do all the things and, and have uh, all the offensive scout guys go through all the cards and think that the Patriots are going to come out in the same defense that they showed against Sam Donald. It ain't going to happen. They may be more zoned this week than they've <laughs> ever been. They may try and force Baker Mayfield to throw from in the pocket, and they may drop everybody and make him throw in the tight windows. We know the Patriots. The Patriots never do the same thing on back-to-back weeks. Like, they change. They're really um, a legitimate chameleon, regardless of what the Cleveland Browns have. And unfortunately, those predictions not going in the Browns' favor. However, a little bit of optimism for the Browns. They're second in the AFC North Division, 2-4 and four on the season. They've lost two in a row. They're, but, however, they are 2-1 and one on the road both those wins coming against the Jets and then the Ravens in Baltimore. The Browns don't really have to worry about their home record right now because they're not at home. 0-3 at home on the season, but they are going to have to worry about the Patriots' home record. The Patriots are 3-0 and at Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, Massachusetts. And they are not showing any sl- signs of slowing down. They're also 4-0 and on the road for that perfect undefeated season so far in the AFC East division. Just a reminder, Browns Patriots today, 4.25 p.m. is when the game will begin from Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, Massachusetts. You can catch the game on CBS. The upcoming schedule for the Browns includes after their match in Foxborough, They'll head to Denver in the Mile High City to take on the Broncos. That'll be a tough game um, in terms of altitude and climate for the Browns. Not a lot of us Northeast Ohioans are used to that Denver climate. However, after that game on Sunday the 3rd in Denver, the Browns will head back home for a three-game homestand at First Energy Stadium in Cleveland to take on the Bills, Steelers, and Dolphins. It's definitely some wins that the Browns can foresee in their future. And what a big win it will be if the Browns are able to pull off um, the upset against the Patriots today. Ladies and gentlemen, that concludes our episode of the Cleveland Sports Show. Thank you so much for joining me this week. Before I get going here, I do want to let you know that I just finished Another episode of Center Court with Ray Horner. We just completed our third episode um, for the Cavs season. I talk a lot about 
um, the Cavs' first game of the year. We really break down that performance against the Orlando Magic. We don't talk about the Pacers game um, as much because it didn't happen yet when we recorded the episode, but nonetheless, we're going to have a lot more to talk about this upcoming Friday with the Cavs having a lot more games under their belt. I also post all of my work on Twitter and on SoundCloud. You can check it out. Just type in at Nordonia Sports on Twitter or my name, D-A-R-A-Y-U-S-S-E-T-H-N-A is how you spell it. If you can spell it, I'll be proud. If you can pronounce it, I'll be even more proud. I am Darius Sethna. You can also go on NordoniaHills.news where we have a lot going on here in the Nordonia Hills community, especially with the football season coming to an end. Lots to cover on Nordonia football uh, as its season is almost over. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for joining me on the Cleveland Sports Show this week. We'll have a lot to talk about next week as well. We'll have our World Series champs for you. Um, We can talk about that. We'll have a lot more Cavs games under our belt, as I mentioned, and we'll give an analysis on the Browns taking on the Patriots and what Cleveland will have to look forward to in their upcoming schedule. We'll also have MLS playoff updates for you around the clock here at the Cleveland Sports Show. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me on your Sunday or whatever day you're listening to this Cleveland Sports Show episode. Take care, and I will see you for our next episode.